Hello and welcome everyone to the episode number 61 at our podcast the indie football podcast uh we are glad to embark on a journey where we are slowly but steadily increasing the roster when it comes to having international football people in our platform on that note it gives me immense pleasure to share this space with steve gray many of you would know him through his great work when it comes to making some witty football content on instagram and tiktok thanks for joining steve how are you feeling today I'm really good thank you thank you very much for having me guys yeah i mean anukar sir i'm sure like uh, let let me be honest you know when we have had so many guests most of them have been approached by anukar sir but i'm glad to you know have this conversation with steve in the beginning and even anukar sir is happy to see some of the workload taken off and i'm doing a bit of that but jokes apart anukar sir it's just great to have someone like steve with us Definitely, man. And like, uh, I like the joke which you you know cracked about you taking load when it comes to the guests because uh, I mean uh, I think it sets the tone for this podcast because Steve here has given us a lot of laughs with his content and you know how amazing it is. And Steve, like, I for myself, I'm very impressed by this because honestly, like, you don't just watch football because a lot of us do that. Like millions of people do that. But to actually make content out of it, see the funny side of things, it's very positive. And I think as a Liverpool fan myself, it makes me feel very positive, especially after we lose or something, or we are in the Europa <laughs> League for that matter. <laughs> But yeah, uh, uh, on to the more important important side of things. So, what made you start a journey, man? Because I think you have done an incredible job, and like me and Doi Pan, we have been talking about it for a long time. But we really want to ask you what made you, what inspired you to start this channel, and all. Um, that's a good question. First of all, I'm glad to hear that you guys have gotten plen- plenty of laughs out of my content. That honestly, <laughs> my heart to hear. Um, I'm not quite sure how the journey with it began. To be honest, I mean, I think for a very long time I had just been. Um, uploading content that revolved around freestyle football which is like my main thing that's what i do for a living um i've been doing freestyle football for over 15 years but my tiktok in particular now has gone in a completely different direction uh with posting and creating these um these football skits where the main premise of it is to basically um just find a sound or an or a sound bite or an audio something that already exists on TikTok and then try and dramatize it and apply it to a real life football situation and characterize, yeah characterize the footballers and stuff and uh play around with the green screen and you know there's that's pretty much how it goes um but to do one every day like to come up with new ones can be a little bit hard um but i'm not quite sure like where i'm not quite sure where like the, the initial idea uh, actually came from to answer your question to be honest i think um one thing i would say though is i definitely um i definitely came to the realization that as much as i like the freestyle football content and everything it's it's very oversaturated and it's very hard to get your personality across whereas i feel like with the football skits i can be myself and like you say ha- have a little bit of a laugh about the the funny side of football and stuff um and not take things too seriously and i also think that people are much more, much 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 more likely to hit the share button and engage with content that makes them laugh rather than it tries to impress them i think if you impress them it's is good but the chance of them saying hey hey dude did you see this and like sharing it to their mates is is quite small but 
if you can make them laugh, I think there's a much stronger chance that they'll want to share it on to other people. Interesting. Yeah. yeah, I think it's fairly relevant to what you have just shared because just today in our class, you know, here, as I mentioned before, doing a sports management course, they did, uh, the two, we had people coming from an e-sports organization and even though they had us teach about content, it was fairly sports agnostic. You know, they were telling us about how brands approach certain content creators mm -hmm. and how likes can be bought, followers can be bought, but engagements can't be bought. So that is something that is 100% organic. So when people like Steve coming and make such amazing content, which more than I will not go say generic and say amazing. I would just go and say how relatable is it for the entire football fraternity for them to eventually share and create engagement. So that's so that's great. I'm, and we'll also have a separate set of questions later on where are all our people who, whom we'd asked what kind of questions we'd like to ask you. But before that, I can't help but ask you more questions about a particular team about whom whose jersey you have also worn today, Vicombe Wanderers. So, I mean, a team in a third tier of football, which honestly, people like us here in India don't follow a lot about. But yeah. uh, I think uh, teams like Wrexham, which slowly coming into prominence with, of course, big names attached to them. So, please do tell us more about your fascination and support with this particular team. Um, so, uh, it's the team of the place where I was born uh, so High Wycombe um, in like Buckinghamshire just outside of London um, right. and uh, it's um, I mean I probably started supporting uh, I know it's very frowned upon to support two teams but my other team being Arsenal uh, I, 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 I'm, I, I don't want to sound pessimistic but I don't think the two will ever like be in the same division so it's kind of okay to support <laughs> A, a one big team and one little team is like is okay um but uh yeah i mean we we are a very very small um club that's always kind of been a bit of a known as a bit of an underdog and has always been kind of punching above their weight i think last year we had the um i think it was something like the third smallest budget in the football league um so of all the 92 teams wickham is like one of the absolute smallest um and we just sort of pride ourselves on just a, a really crazy um, good sort of work ethic and, you know, hard work. Uh, what's the expression? Hard work works when... Uh, when talent doesn't work hard. Hardly works. You know the yeah, problem. that's the premise. Yeah, it definitely helps that. And Anukar, sir, I mean, uh, just to probably understand a bit more about, you know, Steve's support for a team like Vikombe, it's like... Uh, just like I mentioned, the Rexham story, it's just about people coming from a particular area. And no matter what performance their team gives, you know, which tier of football, of English football do they belong. But there is a certain amount of loyalty that lasts generations. You know, if someone has watched that documentary, they just say they are a Rexham fan because his father was and his grandfather was. So, Anukar, sir, stories like this really sets the precedent for what football means to so many people apart from all this commercialization that we always keep talking about yeah you know it's a huge, huge part of everyone's everyday life um, no matter what tier of english football it is like um you probably see yourselves like the english football fans are like crazy probably sometimes take things a bit too far to be honest but um no it it, it has a really big impact on um make, making and breaking people's death um and yeah wickham wickham is no different <laughs> 
especially here that uh, like you know because we in india aren't exposed to uh, teams very much in not in the premier league or, uh, or maybe not in the championship for that matter so we are happy learning a lot but like uh, uh, while supporting these teams creating content i'm sure there must have been a lot of obstacles that you might have faced in your journey uh, uh, when it comes to you know creating content because we all know with instagram or and other social media platforms there is no set content like it's not like something you learn in school that you know this a that b will come after a or d right so like uh, in your case how uh, i think you cut out for the for me for like the first part of the question there yeah so basically what you want to ask is understanding how particularly uh, supporting a particular team from the third division is is very much something that the emotion we understand of certain people living in england but the question mainly revolves around your challenges around making football content in a platform like instagram where we being a much like a much smaller account also have our issues so do run us through certain frustrating moments that you have had as a content creator on instagram or other platforms as well Okay okay so i would say yeah there's lots of people that um if they kind of i mean wickham's a good example to be honest because it isn't a huge fan base so if you're good and consistent and making content that revolves around that team i guess you can become quite a prominent figure amongst that fan base um but for me i kind of um have tried to sort of like um diversify the football skits a little bit so that you kind of make content that appeals to lots of different fan bases and kind of pokes fun at lots of different teams including my own team as well like I'll happily uh take the mick out of like Arsenal related stuff as well um but I would say that the um the hardest like um thing in terms of like keeping going is um probably just to make something that's like innovative and that it's like using a new sound like every day um and during the off season it's probably the hardest because there isn't any football matches happening so it's kind right. of people just kind of transfer hearsay and maybe bringing back some older posts and stuff but thankfully the football season is back now so it's a little bit more easier to come up with ideas when there's like matches happening like very frequently yeah okay. and now that you mention about uh, you how you come up with certain content ideas let's also talk a bit about the changing landscape of football you know we'd love to have your insights on understanding how have you seen football change over the years both on and off the field whether it's something that you have changed in terms of style of play or certain things related to football how it was done or 10 years back and how it's done now or some interesting things because all of us strongly believe even though we are just getting started off the reference and the historical references attached to football and people are always excited about stuff so how do you think the scene has changed for the last uh, couple of decades it's changed a lot i mean technology has definitely played a part um now we have hawkeye of var which is a whole other uh, topic of conversation in itself which i personally in short i'm 
I'm I'm for VAR. I think it has the potential to be brilliant. I just think it's like really, really poorly um, implemented. And I think I think the blame more so goes to the people behind the technology rather than the technology itself. Um, but yeah, I think another really, really big change um, would be the growth and development of women's football. It's kind of hard not to say that, um, especially in this country. I think it's um, it's it's got a long way to go, and it probably never will leave the shackle the shackles of being compared to the men the men's game. But um, I think we have to give credit where credit is due for the way that it has developed. Um, just the just the kind of the fan experience in general for football. I mean, in this country in particular, it's really it's a really big thing. Um, I perform at lots of um, like football stadiums and stuff around the country um, on the regular, um, and I can also say actually that like the women's one is is so different. Like it's a completely different atmosphere. It's to be honest, just a breath of fresh air. Like in comparison to the men's games, it's not like very like alcohol fueled it's it's just people who are there to just want to support and enjoy the football that is is there being played by the females um so it's it's a much like calmer like more wholesome atmosphere i guess you could say um and then i think like in general like i think uh i think the fan experience is getting like more and more like geared towards like almost kind of like americanized i think like I think yeah. a lot, of, I think a lot of the owners that come in now by the football clubs, if they are American, they have a quite a bit of an influence in terms of what they want to see in terms of like um, how the club is run and the entertainment, and you know they kind of want to make it again about the fan experience and keep them coming back to the games because that's a source of money as well. Um, and I, I get that, I get that, but um, I think uh, some of it is. Um, some of it's a little bit over the top and, and some some things could be a little bit better. But uh, it's nice to see like all clubs trying to find something different in terms of like what they can offer for the match day experience. Because um, every club has its own identity. How that comes across in a match day experience should also um, be quite unique. And I would like to I'd like to ask this to Anukar sir that even though we are like uh, we have been products of the social media generation and Leo and Anukar sir here is a Liverpool fan since 2006 which is you know pre-social media so Anukar sir even you could probably share us share with us a couple of insights on how do you feel social media has really you know helped football grow having fans all over the world. Yeah, I mean, uh, I think people like Steve are a testament to why we are so much on social media because I'll tell you honestly, now that when I go to Instagram, I don't go to uh, check maybe like if a friend of mine, let's just say you, <laughs> what are you doing on your story? Rather, I go to see what Steve is doing because on a serious note, like as they say, laughter, like I have been in the medical profession myself. I'm a dentist by profession, Steve. So as they say that, you know, laughter is the biggest medicine that it's like Either, you know there's no bigger medicine than it and i mean when i know i come back after a tired day and i can see instagram i can see content from people like you it just gives me you know a more refreshing sort of insight into my day and i think it's those little things like that that really change and have really changed how the, the whole landscape when it came to how people used to live their lives because uh, i remember 
back in the day like uh, we have heard from our parents like uh, telling us about you know uh, them going out more uh, uh, maybe to watch a match or not even uh, just to you know go around with relatives and all or maybe just you know uh, call people over but as we are growing social media is becoming much more of an important part of our lives and football like how we see the but has changed because in 2006 or 5 it did not matter if say a jordan henderson went to saudi arabia and what people were talk- talking about it but now a little thing happens and everyone is so obsessed about it there's an opinion on anything i think even if someone from become test daily well in the season people will it will be all over twitter because all over instagram because that is what people are making and that is the sort of content people are making and like the whole landscape has changed but then for every time you see a sort of a cringe reel there are people like steve who are making such great content and i like uh, more than having you as a guest having you in our lives being able to watch your content actually makes us happy about the whole social media generation steve and but one question i do have from you is that how do you balance man when it comes to your your uh, profession as a professional football freestyler and as a content creator like how do you maintain a balance it sounds so tough on paper so I, like i am very intrigued to know that yeah it's um <laughs> I, i wish i wish i had the answer to that to be honest it's it's hard um i would say nowadays the social media side of things um it does unfortunately um demand a, a relentless level of consistency uh, so does the free as well to be honest but but with the with the the way that the algorithms are and everything i i do i sh- i shouldn't feel this way but i i kind of do feel a bit bad when i like if i miss a day and i've just been a bit lazy and haven't made my skit and posted it and stuff like and i feel like you you kind of like you kind of like um what's the word not reap the rewards but you do kind of suffer a little bit of a, a yeah. setback that in terms of like your the social media growth and everything um but yeah to to balance it with freestyle football i mean like um uh the the two the two are just very very different and I, and they're very very separate for me in my life but um freestyle's definitely the priority and um i've been doing it for over 15 years now and um i try to train as much as i can but it depends on if i've got like shows and stuff like that so days like today actually which are a rest day um a good because it means i can get a little bit more ahead with like planning skits and stuff um so the rest days are good but at the same time even though i'm physically resting mentally my head is thinking of skits and and stuff and uh it 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 kind of never ends really but um it's it's better to be in a cycle of you know something that keeps you keeps you going and you've got something to kind of like that you uh you feel a sense of purpose with and uh hearing hearing your comments actually about about the way that my content makes you feel and everything honestly is a huge source of motivation for me because um hearing stuff like that makes me kind of um i don't know we're we're all we're all our own biggest critics so it's very easy so it's very easy to kind of have uh moments of of self doubt and everything so to hear comments like that kind of gives me some reassurance that i must be doing something right so just just kind of keep keep doing what i'm doing and and don't overthink it 
ചേഞ്ച് now uh, we see a technical sport in futsal in which you know people it's a lot more technical it's a lot more about skills and all and uh, the stylists definitely are uh, can do a lot better when it comes to skills on the pitch and all so how do you see futsal as a sport and uh, do you think that at any point of time it can maybe become as popular or somewhere near as popular as maybe football is in the current generation I think um yeah I think futsal definitely has its place. I think futsal definitely has more transferable skills onto the pitch than something like freestyle for example even though I would say um your touch and everything it's it's all the same ball and manipulating the object. But um but yeah you you definitely trust me you're not going to get the chance to do around the world some stuff on the football pitch un- unless you want your legs broken. Um but uh I think I unfortunately actually um i didn't know this until i met some people through the tiktok kind of community um who mm-hmm. are who are um <clears throat> who are decent futsal players and futsal coaches and they were telling they were telling me actually that the the stark reality um of how far behind futsal is in comparison to football especially in terms of funding it's really really like not even close to like what you said there about hypothetically in the future like it would need some really 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 big changes um but but i i i mean i, I agree i think it has some, a lot of transferable skills to football and we see lots of people actually in in the real game of uh, uh of like 11 aside football we see instances where we think like oh if you were picking like a five aside team or if you were picking a futsal team this guy would be perfect because he's just got all that like that really good technical ability close control um yeah. you know Phil Foden and those types of players you just know that they would be amazing at futsal but right now for the time being the two are, are light years apart apparently so i'll be curious to see if that kind of um if that kind of gets uh, if that changes at all um i've never really played it myself personally but from what i've been told from people it's very strategic um but you do obviously get like more opportunity to kind of get on the ball um so there's i mean in a in a game of 11 aside the pitch is really big um but you might think that maybe actually some kids would prefer futsal because it's more opportunity for them to show what they can do and more opp- more touches of the ball basically yeah i think that's pretty interesting that you keep talking about uh, how futsal has certain transferable skills directly to uh, football but i'd also now try to understand further i know you slightly briefly touched upon this earlier but can you share some further insights on how you come up with engaging and unique content ideas related to football for your social media handles given that the best part is most of the football content creators we have got is they probably have so you want me to explain a bit more about how do i come up with the ideas for the football content yes yes considering um, that so, you know certain teams just do it with around certain players or certain teams but you are really you know around the plane when it comes to that 
So um, one thing I would say is thanks to like doing the freestyle jobs and like performing at a lot of places, I have acquired a lot of football kits um, for those various teams that I've been working for. So I think that's always helped with the content creation first and foremost, having a variety of kits that visually is like kind of um, can capture someone's interest immediately, which in today's world is very difficult slash important because everyone's attention spans are terrible because of social media. So you get maybe that, get maybe that half a second of someone's attention. Yeah, it's terrible. So I would say, I would say for the time being now, it kind of revolves mostly around teams that I have the kits of. Um, and then in terms of the actual ideas, I, I really kind of, I don't know how I do it. And I know that's a really crap answer for you guys. <laughs> I know everyone wants the secret sauce. I wish I knew what the secret sauce was. I think I just, I think I just genuinely have a bit of a knack for hearing certain sounds and maybe saving them because I know that they might have potential to be used for a football skit. Um, but I try to tr I try to kind of mix it up with like different teams, different players, um, different um, dif the different kits because then you know if you if you do it for a team that's not so big um, and like that's the thumbnail and things like this you know people you can capture the curiosity of a, of, a, of an even smaller minority of people but it, it's um, yeah it, it, it's a tricky one I would say um, some some I actually do uh, I'll let you in on a secret. Some I do actually make the, the hypothetical situations that never happen. So, like, I, yes. I, I for example, I, I it happens mm, not, not super frequently, but sometimes around big events, I will make a skit for either outcome. So, for example, oh. for the Champions League final, I actually had a, a quite a good skit for if Inter Milan beat Man City in the Champions League, which didn't happen, so that skit got discarded. Um, <laughs> but, like, yeah, I, I think as well also w when I'm away, like um, when I'm away, like on freestyle football jobs, um, I can't film like the skits. Like, I, I can't take my tripod and the, the light and the green screen and like, you know, all this kind of stuff. So, so I have to like make them in advance. So it, it also really helps to be able to come up with skits that are, um, generic and not necessarily time bound to what is going on right now. Um, another another problem, actually, now that I've just meant, uh, remembered this, another problem that I really hate with this kind of line of content is I really hate it when there's a crazy weekend of football where there's like maybe like three or four <laughs> big incidents where it's like I could make a skip on any of those things. But in reality, you have a day or two where it's relevant enough to post about it before people are like, they're not interested or something else new has happened that's completely eclipsed it. So, yeah, that, that's kind of the, that's kind of as much insight as I can give to the process that goes behind me making the football skits. <laughs> okay.
you know as a co-founder of this podcast of course i often say that doi pine here is the better half here uh, but like uh, i just think that you know i was thinking that maybe you can send us the discarded reels and uh, maybe we can make a segment like in a parallel universe with steve gray <laughs> you know because of course i uh, think about what we can do with the podcast at times but yeah uh, jokes apart so you talk uh, you uh, you know touched upon an interesting point about hearing the right noises uh, hearing the right sounds uh, talking about a team which is making the right noises this season is arsenal uh, i would say arteta's arsenal and i think it would be unfair if the, in this podcast we don't talk about arsenal as a team and how well they have done in the past one and a half years so yeah. uh, in the last one and a half years i really enjoyed when i i have had an arsenal fan here because i could always crack the europa league joke but look how karma bites you uh, so yeah <laughs> i'll come to you here they have got declan rice they have got they got julian timber which we know of course uh, unfortunately is out through injury mm-hmm. they have got kai harvard so arsenal look like a much well rounded unit overall i mean they had that one unfortunate result against nottingham forest but overall they look like a much better unit than what they looked a couple of years back they have got the leaders and people like uh, martin odegaard and all so uh how well do you think arsenal doing this season and do you think that this is the season when they uh, can actually beat man city to the title um i think we're only sort of four games in it's it's still early days um the mm-hmm. injury to julian timber i think actually uh, to julian timber i think could be really costly because he was looking so good in pre-season that was a real shame but um Declan right uh, Declan Declan Rice is an unbelievable addition like he's looking like he's worth every penny at the moment a british record signing and he's just taken like a duck to water um i would say it's a we, i think i think we'll be round about there again it wouldn't shock me though if we finished second in the league again i still think man city just have this unbelievable ability to just be a winning machine and even when games aren't going their way they mm. just find they just find a way to just it and uh, i think arsenal got a bit better at that last season but not to the same level of consistency as as man city i i still think their squad depth is the best as well um but we'll have to see it's still early days i think arsenal have been i mean bar the amazing result on the weekend beating manchester united 3-1 i haven't really been um overly impressed with Arsenal I think you know even like dropping points against Fulham and stuff we've we've shown a little bit of a uh, not a not a uh, weakness but like I still I still think there's a lot more to come from Arsenal this season um so we'll have to wait and see for them to to really click and and get out of uh, get out of uh, the yeah something that uh, steve just mentioned about you know uh, city cracking the code but even as an arsenal fan do you think that now that city have let go of certain players which were you know core parts of you know uh, a part of their core team like uh, jao cancelo of course he went to bayern last season in itself then we had riyad mahrez then we had something like gunduan someone like gunduan who was the former captain do you think as an arsenal fan this is a problem for manchester city that makes the arsenal fan in you happy or you are still pretty confident that pep is going to handle it well um i mean i've always been like really impressed with my recruitment i think you know like losing someone like gunduan who's a really underrated player but then getting in someone like uh, mateo kovacic is like 
it's really it's really good replacements. Um, was really surprised to see Mares go, but then they get in someone like Jeremy Doku. Um, these are the kind of signings that I think maybe could be a potential test for Man City because these are people that, um, as anyone will tell you, the Premier League is possibly the hardest league in the world. Yeah. Um, it will be a question of how quickly these players can adapt to it. But I, you know, Man City's recruitment is that good that you'd like to think um, it'll be decent. But I, I, I can't remember the last time they've had a, like a truly like ter- a terrible signing. I mean, even like Calvin Phillips is a good player. He's just not getting played. It's not like he's playing and is playing poorly. They just manage their squad in such a way that it doesn't really show any signs of weakness. Whereas Arsenal, on the other hand, like Kai Havertz was a strange signing. I'm going to be honest. It was a very strange yeah. signing. A lot of money paid for him. And it seems like a very expensive experiment. And we'll have to see how that pans out. But with all of Man City's signings, they seem to uh, they seem to adapt pretty quickly. So it, I don't think Man City fans will be concerned that um, you know they've lost people like Laporte, Mares, Cancelo because they always seem to have like the next person like available. They're very on it. Yeah, and I feel now that Anukar sir asked you about the current state of Arsenal and all, uh, I often have, I just last week had this conversation with one of my friends who is just still sitting here right next to me, Anirudh, about how you could probably just mention or make out from what era a particular fan is a team, uh, like a particular person is a fan of a particular team. Like, for example, most of the people here in India, if they are Arsenal fans, they are probably fans because they were part of the Invincibles era, you know. And if they are Tottenham fans, they are probably more than 50 years old because that's when they <laughs> that club last won a trophy. So, so tell me a bit more about that your Arsenal. That's one of the funniest things I've ever said on the podcast. I'm sorry to interrupt you here. But fire fans. <laughs> I just I I just had to do it. Sorry if any Spurs fan sees this, but I don't think we have hardly encountered any Spurs fans so far in our sixty episodes. But Steve, do tell me about your earliest memories being an Arsenal fan. Was it because of that in like that invincible season, or were there other like a couple of other contributing factors as well? Um, so I started supporting Arsenal the year after they won the invincible. Um, okay. Actually, um, so I, I that was just a tiny bit before my time, um, but yeah, like my earliest memories would be um, the uh, the season where they finished second. Um, their squad was made up of players like um, Reyes, Edu, Gilberto, Freddie Jungberg, Perez, Bergkamp, uh, Van Persie, mm-hmm. and of course one one of the people who made me kind of fall in love with football, Thierry Henry. Um, Although he is a close second to uh, my favourite player of all time, actually, is uh, is Thomas Rosicki, who I think was just mm. super underrated. Yeah. But uh, yeah, that's 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 sort of like my earliest memories um, with Arsenal. Never went to any of the games or anything, but um, yeah, so I was probably about ten or eleven when I started supporting Arsenal. Um, those are the that's like the that's like the earliest time that I got into supporting Arsenal. 
All right. So now, Anukar sir, if you have any questions to yeah. add, because I have I, one last question to ask. Yeah, I just have one thing to ask that uh, since like I got pretty excited about uh, talking to you about a time because after the Invincibles era, like when I started watching football in two thousand six, and uh, it's it doesn't make me old though. Though I know often here says that, <laughs> but uh, the thing is, in two thousand six and seven, I remember Arsenal had two really good forwards. Uh, unfortunately, one of them got really injured, and uh, it couldn't like you know uh, work out. Uh, they were Eduardo de Silva mm-hmm. and Emmanuel Adebayor. Yeah. and i remember they used to absolutely run past teams and i think uh, at that time liverpool had gerard and torres who were not exactly a striking partnership because gerard used to play in midfield but like what are your thoughts on that partnership and do you think that it could have uh, that it is very underrated when we talk about the, uh, the same, or uh, the, because of the sensitivity bias we don't talk about it much yeah i think um eduardo was quite underrated actually i think even in that era um Van Persie Adebayor was a good partnership as well. Um I do remember in the 0708 and 0607 seasons Arsenal were playing some some really really beautiful football um 442 but you wouldn't think it was 442 the movement was that dynamic mm. um the midfield in particular with like from left to right Rizitski, Flamini, Fabregas, Kleb it was just it was just fantastic but the strikers in particularly um the strikers in particular eduardo i i still think to this day if he didn't get that injury at birmingham then we would have gone on to have won the season uh that yeah. season that year um adebayor as well before he played for every other english team under the sun was a pretty good servant <laughs> of goals um so yeah i think it is a bit of a, it was a bit of an underrated partnership actually um van persie as well not quite a, at the prime of his powers but really really good um and of course like nobody kind of talks about it but that was sort of like you know the first season and season or two after Thierry Henry left um mm. where it was a you know a big responsibility for everyone to kind of like step up and adjust and uh i think actually the football got better after Thierry Henry left not that it was bad while he was there but i feel like people like Fabregas were, were just able to flourish a bit more um and the goals were spread out you know around the team a bit more um and interestingly it almost feels like maybe Tottenham are kind of going through a similar period now without Kane like they're on fire at the moment and everyone seems to be playing really well and all the football isn't going through Kane now um but I'll say that very quietly hopefully hopefully their luck runs out <laughs> uh, of course staying with all these witty comments we don't i am no longer surprised that steve does so great with his social media work which brings us to the last question of this episode before all of us can you know share our con- concluding thoughts around it steve what advice would you give to aspiring football content creators looking to make a name for themselves in the digital space like what according to you works and probably is a nice way of going about things being a football content creator in the long term that's a really really good question so i would say it's a bit of a cliche answer but i think the first thing first and foremost that you you can't ignore is um a genuine passion i think right now it's it's almost like it's almost so painstakingly obvious to see the content creators that are 
faking it till they make it because they're doing something that they don't enjoy and it's yo guys what's going on and it's like (laughs) they're putting on the tv presenter voice every day when you know they haven't got that much energy and enthusiasm about the thing so i feel like that can work for the kids and everything but ultimately in time it just becomes a bit like i might be on my own here but i feel like it's a little bit fake so if you be yourself you don't have to fake anything and that is a lot more sustainable and you can do that indefinitely so i would say find the thing that you genuinely are passionate about so that you kind of don't have to fake it and you'll come across authentically all right yeah maybe you um maybe you'll have to uh, up your enthusiasm and the way you speak and stuff a little bit by all means experiment with that but i think it's clear it, it'll come across it'll come across clearly um by the way you talk your body language all this stuff uh, if this person is genuinely passionate about it and stuff um interestingly i say all that but nobody ever actually hears my real voice for the football skits so i kind of just have to but i still have to like put the facial expressions the body language you still have to you still have to kind of do it but it doesn't feel like it doesn't feel like hard work although some of them too some of them do take very long to to make because it's like lots of different like costume changes and the, the, the getting per, per, the lip syncing perfect and all this kind of stuff um the other advice i would say is um um collab with other people uh, it goes without saying but i just feel like you can you know um you can go further with other people if you lift each other up. Don't be too egotistical about trying to do everything on your own and be better than everyone else when in actual fact you can benefit from each other and, and each other's like different ways of thinking. Um, I would say also if you really are serious about it and you want to do it in the long run and everything, um, then do try to invest in good equipment. I think it, it, it does go a long way. Sometimes people might want to take the the cheap alternative routes and that's okay but if you're not getting the results you perhaps feel that your um creativity deserves then maybe it is worth kind of like you know upping the quality through the equipment and also if you spend a lot of money in this stuff it can be a good incentive for you to be like right okay i've just spent 350 pounds on this camera lens whatever (laughs) yeah um, those are some general tips, I would say. And then the other thing I think would be just to, and I'm, I'm guilty of not doing this enough myself, but um, try and do things in bulk. Um, so plan ahead, try and do things in bulk, um, film it all in bulk, and then edit it, get it ready to kind of post out or schedule to post it out. Um, that can help a lot. Um, I really should practice what I preach there because I, I don't do that. Um, enough. I, I tend to do it a little bit better when I'm filming with other people, um, but left to my own accord, I am a bit sort of like just doing it a day at a day at a time, um, which isn't the best, I must admit. But hey, we all have our flaws. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think Anukar sir, this is probably uh, the best parts of running a podcast. We are close to meeting probably. 20, 50 different people with 50 different football experiences uh, and especially for today I would like to say and I'm sure Anukar sir you will agree with me to this that having Steve's perspectives and attitude towards things it's something that would resonate with us for a long time right 
Definitely, man. I mean, one thousand percent. And uh, I think every time a new guest comes in, it's a new story. Like with Steve, initially uh, we uh, got a bit of a rebuff, and like you know, uh, we had to do a bit of convincing. Uh, it actually, I was discussing this with Doipa and here that uh, you know, it reminded me of the time when I had to convince my girlfriend for a date. Initially, she said no. <laughs> Later, after some convincing, she said yes, and in both the cases, it has worked out great. Like uh, I think this podcast is a testament to that, and. Uh, But Joe, yes, I was yes, just saying yes. that uh, for us as an Indian football podcast, it means a lot because honestly, we know that it's not just about you coming in as a guest. It's about what we got to learn through the podcast. Because as we are growing, me and Doipan, we have a ten-minute call at least every day where we talk about the podcast, where where we talk about things we can do. But then. What I honestly feel is that when people like you give us those little insights, like you gave us that insight about uh, creating content in bulk or creating an alternative sort of content beforehand, these sort of things really give us that edge. And I think it's very kind of you because a lot of people know a lot of things about a, a lot of things in life. Simple as that. That's how industry experts work. But for you to actually tell us and share it with us, it goes to show that more than just more than Steve Gray as a content creator, the type of person that you are. And um, honestly, my respect for you, and thank you so much, Steve, for coming on the Indie Football Podcast. It indeed is a moment of pleasure for all of us here. No worries. Thank you very much. I'm glad that you uh, find it useful. I hope the listeners find it useful as well. Um, and yeah, sharing is caring. So uh, you know, it's <laughs> always good to get other people's perspective on things. Otherwise, you can get a little bit too tunnel visioned in your own ways. So. Uh, yeah. Yeah, no, it's definitely good to try and um, keep an open mind and pick up a few tips and tricks from other people in the industry. Yeah, absolutely. I think that summarizes things beautifully for everyone. Thank you for tuning in. Do remember to follow us on our social medias, specifically Instagram. We have been doing some interesting screening coverings, reels, and whatnot. Thank you, Steve, for taking out the time again. Till next week. Goodbye. Take care. Yeah.